I'm in love with that song. I love that song. I'm in love with that song. I love that song. I love that song. I'm in love with that song. I love that song. I'm in love with that song. Invisible airways crackle with life, bright antenna bristle with the energy, bringing you the I'm in love with that song podcast on the Pantheon Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brad Page. Some songs inspire me. Some songs are fascinating to me. Some really get to me emotionally, and some songs are really intriguing. Some just capture my imagination. Whatever the case, I always wonder why that is. What is it that makes a song so great? Well, that's the idea behind this podcast, discovering what goes into making a great song. This time on the podcast, we're sticking our toe back into progressive rock. These songs are always tricky because the music can get complicated and we try not to get bogged down with a lot of technical stuff on this show. And the songs are long and don't always fit the format here. But I've been wanting to explore this track for a while now. So let's do it. This is Rush with the Camera Eye. We'll be right back after this message. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. In the 1970s, Rush evolved into one of the leading purveyors of progressive rock, or prog rock as both fans and detractors like to call it. Releasing their 2112 album in 1976 established them as fan favorites in the genre, and in 1978, they recorded their most proggy album ever, Hemispheres. So after something like that, where do you go from there? Well, that instigated one of the major shifts in the band over their 45-year career. 
they started working on shorter songs, not any less creative musically, but tighter, more focused. Guitarist Alex Lifeson would graciously step back a bit and leave more room for bassist Geddy Lee to also add more keyboards to their sound. And besides playing bass and keyboards at the same time, Getty was also their singer, and he changed his vocal approach around this time, singing in a little lower register. And then drummer Neil Peart, who wrote all of their lyrics, changed the things he was writing about. Gone were the sci-fi epics and the tales of fantasy. Now Neil wrote more about the things that affected him in his daily life and about the world around him. Across the board, this was a big change for the band. It was a risk, but it paid off. As the 1970s came to a close, Rush began the new decade by releasing the Permanent Waves album in January 1980. And it was a big hit. It would become one of their best-selling albums and remains a favorite amongst their fans. The band embarked on a successful tour. In fact, I think this was the first tour that they actually made any money on. And during the sound checks and rehearsals, they started coming up with new material. The original plan was for them to release a live album after Permanent Waves. But the band was feeling pretty enthusiastic and the vibes were good. So when one of their friends at their record label, Mercury Records, suggested that they try recording a new studio album, they said, let's do it and change their plans. The result was Moving Pictures, which would become their best-selling and most popular album. Recorded at Les Studio in Quebec and produced by their longtime producer, Terry Brown, the album would spawn their biggest hits and concert favorites like Tom Sawyer, Limelight, Red Barchetta, YYZ, all from this album. In fact, they're all packed on side one of this album. But side two of Moving Pictures opens with a song called The Camera Eye. The song clocks in at 10 minutes and 58 seconds, almost 11 minutes long. It's the longest song on the album, and this would be the last time Rush would record a song this long. They would never record another song over 10 minutes. The song was produced by Terry Brown. The music was written by Geddy Lee and Alex Lifeson. And the lyrics written by Neil Peart. The Camera Eye was the first song written for the album, at least as far as the lyrics. While on tour, Neil Peart would sometimes walk the different cities. And he came up with the lyrics to The Camera Eye based on his impressions of the different feel and different rhythms of two cities in particular, New York and London. Neil Peart was often seen with a book in his hand. He was one of the most well-read men in rock, certainly the most well-read drummer in rock history. Neil had read the work of John Dos Passos, in particular his USA trilogy. And in those books, Dos Passos uses a literary device he calls the camera eye, that's where Neil got the title from. One of the books in the USA trilogy is called The Big Money. Neil would later write a song based on that, too. The camera eye opens with the sound of a city. It's a city street scene.
According to Getty Lee, when they were putting together that pastiche of sound effects, one of the clips they used was a bit of audio from Superman, the 1978 movie with Christopher Reeve. Here's the street scene from the movie. Fresh fruit. Hey, Lee, how about a tomato? Hey, fresh fruit. Hey, maybe I'll get more. Hey, fresh fruit. Hey, fresh fruit. Now let's go back and listen to the song, and if you listen closely, you can hear that guy saying fresh fruit. At that point, Getty Lee's keyboards come in. He was using a mix of Oberheim synthesizers, Taurus bass pedals, probably some Korg keyboards as well. Let's pick it up from there. The synthesizer is making a burbling sound underneath. That's created using a process called sample and hold. Now we'll hear the first musical motif that will occur throughout the song. Neil is doing some subtle snare drum work here. Also, Alex Lifeson is adding some guitar bits, playing harmonics or just making some interesting guitar sounds. So let's hear all of that together again. is chucking his guitar strings in sync with Neil's snare drum. Let's play that back. Neil comes in there with a pretty straightforward drum beat for Neil.
Let's hear that drum fill. And that takes us into the next section of the song. And Neil was doing some nice cymbal work underneath that keyboard part. Let's hear that. More of that sample and hold synthesizer brings us into the next section of the song. Here comes the main riff for the song. I think this is one of the all-time great Rush riffs. Let's hear Alex's guitar playing that riff. Now up until this point, Getty has only been playing his keyboards, but this is where his bass guitar comes in. reached the verse and it wouldn't be rush without some interesting time signature stuff going on leading into the verse here they're alternating between measures with four beats and measures of six let's try to count that out one two three four one two three four five six one two three four one two three four five six now once the vocals start they change it up again. Most of the verse is in 6-4 time, six beats per measure, except the second measure of each line has only five beats. So let's try counting that. One, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. So let's go back and listen to all of this again. But I don't want you to try to count it. Just listen to how it flows. To me, part of the magic of Rush is not how they're able to play the technical stuff, it's how they're able to make it sound so natural.
talked about how this song is the tale of two cities. This first verse is about New York, and as you would expect from the pen of Neil Peart, the lyrics are vivid and insightful, grim-faced and forbidding. Their faces closed tight. An angular mass of New Yorkers, pacing in rhythm, race the oncoming night. They chase through the streets of Manhattan. Grim-faced and forbidding, the faces closed tight. An angular mass of New Yorkers, pacing in rhythm, race the oncoming night. They chase. Let's listen to Getty's bass part here. Then they go back into the main riff. This introduces us to a new part of the song, maybe my favorite part of the song. Beautifully orchestrated, the way they put this together. They seem oblivious to a soft spring rain, like an English rain. We're still in New York in this vignette, but he references a rain like an English rain. He's connecting these two cities together. And we'll wind up in London soon. They seem oblivious to a soft spring rain, like an English rain. And then Getty plays a nice little bass lick before the next line. Let's hear all of that together again. To a soft spring rain, like an Great drumming by Neil during this part. Let's go back and hear some of those drums. As this section continues, Getty brings some of those keyboards back in. As the lyrics speak of the buildings in their limitless rise, the keyboards subtly climb up in the background. The buildings are lost in the limitless rise. They're going to stay on the same basic chord changes here, but Neil is going to change up his drum pattern, which starts to build up the drama. My feet Listen to Getty's bass here. 
Neil ramps up the drums even more here. I feel the sense of and even more. kind of dramatic build-up and release, I don't think any band did that kind of thing better than Rush. Let's go back and just listen to Neil's drums during this whole section. That basically brings us back to the beginning of the song, as we start again in a new city, London. Just love Neil's drum part there. Let's pick it back up there. Great guitar work by Alex here, too. cycling our way back through the different parts of the song again. Let's hear Alex playing that riff again. Sounds to me like one guitar panned left and one panned right. Gotta listen to Getty's bass part there. It's really something. And that gets us to the second verse. And let's listen to what Alex is doing on guitar. I think there are three guitar parts here. An electric in the middle with two acoustic guitars panned left and right, and those guitars are really jangly. My guess is he's either playing with a capo or in a special tuning.
let's hear more of Giddy's bass. Let's check out that drum fill. The last time around, we didn't pay much attention to Alex's guitar part in this section, so let's go back and listen to that. Okay, it's time for a little myth-busting. You can hear a voice in the background there. I've seen speculation online of all kinds of things, even that that was Getty burping and then saying, oh God. But if we listen to the vocal track, it's simply an old English greeting. Remember, the setting is London. Hello? Right, Gov. Let's pick it back up at that spot. There's another great line. Pavements may teem with intense energy, but the city is calm in this violent sea. Then we get a great guitar solo from Alex Lifeson. The sound is stripped down to just bass, drums, and the guitar solo, and his guitar tone is super distorted. He must have been using a fuzz pedal for this solo. After the guitar solo, we head into the big finale. They repeat this section from earlier, and I love these lines. I feel the sense of possibilities. I feel the wrench of hard realities. You know, people go to the big city to make their mark, make their dreams come true, right? Where it all seems possible. 
but you're often confronted with the harsh realities. The competition is intense. You get taken advantage of. Dreams get crushed. That's the risk. I think Neil really captures all of that in these two lines. I just want to rewind and listen to Neil's drum climax at the end there. It's really good, but you'd expect nothing less. There's a long fade out on that final chord. There's some cymbal and snare work from Neil and a few extra notes on the keyboards but mostly they're letting that last chord ring out as long as possible. And the last thing we'll hear is the sound of church bells in the city. The Camera Eye by Rush. Moving Pictures was their eighth album, their best-selling album in the U.S., and probably their most popular worldwide. They would go on to release 11 more albums, 19 studio albums in total. And there's not a bad one in the bunch. Of course, you'll like some more than others, but they all have merit. Neil retired from touring in 2015, and in 2018, the band officially called it quits. And on January 7th, 2020, Neil Peart died as a result of brain cancer. Getty and Alex are still with us. They've stayed out of the limelight for the most part these last few years. There's talk of them doing some new music together. It won't be Rush. That's over. But it would be nice to hear them make music together again. Still, 19 great albums. If that's all we get, I can live with that. Thanks for listening to this edition of the I'm in Love With That Song podcast. We'll be back in two weeks with another new episode. Until then, get caught up on all of our previous shows on our website, lovethatsongpodcast.com. And of course, you can find us on all of the podcast apps and services too. Don't forget to follow the show so that you never miss an episode. And if you'd like this show to continue, the best thing you can do is to tell a friend about it because your recommendation really means a lot. Another way you can support this show while showing some love for your favorite bands at the same time is to pick up some Rush t-shirts and other merch at oldglory.com. Now, why would I recommend Old Glory? Well, they're a family-owned business. They're located here in New England, in Connecticut, in fact, a few hours from where I live. 
And the merchandise they sell is all licensed, which means that the artists get their fair share. That's not true about a lot of the places you'll find on the Internet. And if you use our discount code, this show gets a little share, too. So show your love for your favorite bands like Rush and support this podcast by going to oldglory.com and use the discount code LOVETHATSONG. You'll get 15% off, plus you get free shipping, and you're helping out the show. That discount code is LOVETHATSONG. I'll put it in the show notes, but this is really easy to do. You just go to oldglory.com, order your Rush shirts or whatever other merch. They've got tons of other cool bands represented there, too. Use the discount code LOVETHATSONG. You save 15% and you support our show. So thank you. So from my remote little corner here on the Pantheon Podcast Network, I thank you again for listening. Now, go dig out your copy of Moving Pictures and crank up the camera eye by Rush. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.